Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media, where we take two pieces of media, and sometimes we like it, and sometimes we don't. Most of the time we like it, though. I am Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and today we are going to talk about Agretzko. This is a pretty interesting series, because it started off as these one-minute little shorts, and there's about a hundred of them, which started in April 2nd, 2016, and it went to... I don't know where they are, actually. And it went till March 31st of 2018. And the character is actually a Sanrio character. I wanted to ask you about that. I saw that on the credits or whatever. It said based on yeah. San- Is all of them or just some of them or just Well, her? definitely her, she is. And so it okay. is a Sanrio product, I guess. Which wow. kind of surprised me that they would do something so edgy. I mean, I guess Bad Bats Maru is kind of a grumpy penguin and i always thought she was a fox right she's not a fox what is she she's a red panda oh i had no idea (laughs) i thought she looked like a cat (laughs) to me she looked like a fox because of the orange yeah yeah the orange and a little facial features but also kind of like a cat but red panda red panda okay so cute yeah, it was written by Rare Cho, and the studio was Fanworks, and they both did the shorts and the current series with Netflix. And what we're going to talk about is the, the anime series, which is three episodes, 30-plus episodes, plus a special, which I still haven't watched that part yet. And it started in April 20th of 2018, and it went still going, I guess. I don't know. It seemed like it kind of just tied it all up, personally. Yeah, the last, the third season does seem conclusive, like it's a conclusion. What do you mean a special? There's a Christmas special. It's on Netflix. Where? <gasps> what? I told you. You weren't I listening. Don't listen. Um, <laughs> I have so much to listen to. <laughs> but that makes me excited for the holidays. Now I get to watch. It's a Christmas movie version I or an episode? I guess so, yeah. It's an- How long is it, like... Because they're like episodes are 15 minutes long. So maybe this is like. They are 15 to 23 minutes long. Yes. Yeah. They're short. Very, very short. Sometimes it just ends. Yeah. And such a funny little series. Um, Okay. So it starts off with this mid-20s girl, Red Panda, anthropomorphic Red Panda, which means they are animals and they live in this animal world, but they walk and talk like humans. I think that's right. 
And great. she works <laughs> in an accounting firm, a very mundane accounting firm that's just like, she's just kind of just running with what everybody else is supposed to be doing and just living this corporate life and she pretty much hates it. And every time she gets picked on by her boss or has some type of trouble, she lets it out doing karaoke almost every night, but she lets it out by singing death metal. And she has this incredible like death metal voice and they don't really explain how she got that voice really throughout the series. It's just her kind of living this corporate life and just her kind of going through it and seeing how she handles and deals with things pretty much. And she makes new friends and boyfriends and has a career aside from having a corporate job and her making her life choices. And I remember when the first season came out, the metal band went on tour and they actually played over at Amoeba Records in San Francisco. Oh, that's cool. What's their name? I don't know. I can't find it. Oh, I just want to say, yeah, she's living this corporate office worker life with like the crappy commute and she's low on the totem pole in the office. So people pick on her and she's very responsible in a lot of ways. So she doesn't always stand up for herself. So that's why like her expression is so aggressive. And I love when she goes and does her karaoke because it's in response to what happened in the office or with her mom or friends or whatever it's like so it's really funny like her responses and sometimes she'll kind of daydream it right like yeah like what it's kind of like what she wishes she did it would like just say and what she wishes she could say but she doesn't feel comfortable doing i like how she lets out her aggression too Mm -hmm. by doing that it's so funny when she's hiding in was it the archives and she's yeah. like, or in the bathroom, and she's screaming really, really loud. And it's her. Oh my God. I figured you might like this a lot mm-hmm. because, well, you work in a corporate environment. I yeah. always work just like retail. So there, I understood some of the corporate things, but I never made it up to a big building kind of a <laughs> thing. Or, a corporate building. Yeah. So I figured <laughs> you might relate to this way more. Than I would. I did. I was like, that's so great. Like and the different personalities in the office, like the different types of coworkers, the one that gossips a lot, and the one that's like a kiss up that gets their way and oh, the do new any guy. work. Or the new guy <laughs> that's psycho. And then how you always have like a couple cool friends that you have lunch with. So yeah. they definitely captured all those nuances and how frustrating work can be. And that struggle of like when you're in that age, in your 20s, trying to figure out who you are and like what you want to do for a living and um, who you want to be with. So I thought they did that. And it's not, even though it's like we said, oh, she's a cute red panda and it's Sanrio. They're swearing. It's not silly in that way, like a soft Yeah, yeah. it's not like the Hello Kitty TV show. I'm kind of surprised they did something like this. I think I said that Mm -hmm. before, but it's it's hilarious and yeah i believe the first season's probably the best one of the three yeah but i agree the other two are really good it just ends and it just ties everything up in this nice little knot and i hate that yeah i it didn't go exactly i don't know i guess it's very real life in some ways but the first season is amazing and then you fall in love with the characters because there's yeah higher up professional women that 
workers that there's just different like side kind of plot stories going on too. So you do like to watch it, but even the first four episodes are just genius. Like they're just so good. And then her new friends that she becomes friends with who Mm -hmm. also work higher up. They work in marketing and she always looked up to them. Yeah, And I love their relationship because they give her pretty good advice most of the time. Yeah. I like that she's in yoga because she wanted to get a boyfriend. Like she wanted to get... The yoga instructor. I love... Yeah, protein. (laughs) I love that yoga instructor. And he has like these crazy meditation thoughts. And then he gives her new friends this number for some strange reason. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so good. It's an easy watch. You could easily watch this within a few hours easily. The thing I do like about the characters, you could probably relate to at least one of them. (laughs) If not all of them. One of her friends at work. What's his name? Haida. Haida. And he's so cute. And he has that like interest in like punk music and stuff. It's just cool. Yeah. You see. Okay. He's like an accounting person. So you don't. Yeah, there's this strange thing in the third season. I feel like he should have went the other way Mm -hmm. versus what happened. Like, why? (laughs) I do like it a lot. And anybody could watch it, but you got to be ready for the death metal. Yeah. (laughs) You got to be prepared for it. (laughs) (laughs) And whoever does the voice of the death metal person, God, so funny. Man. Yeah. So hilarious. I, I looked up the voice actors because I swore one of them just sounded so familiar, right? I can't yeah. place where they were from. I was like, I feel like I've heard their voice before. Yeah. Um, it didn't match up. So they just oh, must okay. have been familiar. So, like which but one? It, it was one of the female voices. It sounded like Carol from Carol on Tuesday almost. Oh. Yeah, I was like, is that Carol from Carol on Tuesday? And then I, it was not. <laughs> was oh, really? Like, oh. Well, I wouldn't yeah. doubt it because it was produced by Netflix. But the one of the things I do like about this, sometimes when you are as big as Netflix, you can do whatever you want. You bought the rights to it. So you'll probably just like hire a new company to do the animation and the voices and everything. And they didn't do that. And I like the fact that they just kept the same crew and just kept it going. Yeah, that's cool. So it's like this group that came together, did these little tiny shorts. Yeah, and then 100 shorts. Pit, must have pitched it or something. Netflix is back to there. Yeah. And I guess there's a DVD of it. It is released by Pony Canyon. There is also a video game on Android and iOS. Santos. No, a video game? Yeah. It might be my first video game. <gasps> I can't wait for you to I get into no video games. I have no games on my phone. Oh my God. <laughs> here this is going. It's like the gateway drug. <laughs> That's the um, gateway drug. I can't believe it. I'll look it up on Android. That's So, so cool. you're pretty much a super fan <laughs> of this one. I do. I really loved it. Okay, I thought good. it was great. I hope people give it a chance. Because at first you might go, oh, I'm not going to watch Hello Kitty characters <laughs> or something, but just... Give it two episodes yeah. and you'll fall in love. Even though I don't like season two and three as much, it still is very interesting. And season three just grips you. And then Yeah, there it, are then parts that are just really good that you're just you get sucked in pretty fast. Yeah. And then it's over, you're like, what the f-? Exactly. <laughs> I almost want another season, but I'm very excited to hear that there's a Christmas episode for me to watch. Yeah. It came out December twentieth of two thousand eighteen. 
And it's on Netflix. That's correct. So I'm so excited. I feel like my it. holiday is so much better now. <laughs> yeah, you got Tokyo Godfathers and you got this yeah. and you're set. We could have done oh this, God. actually. Yeah. Move over Nightmare for Christmas. We have so many better holiday movies now. Yeah, I saw it in the theater when they did this weird 3D upgrade to it. And I watched it and I was like, why do people love this so much? I know it's goth. And it has this weird romance to it. And Jack Skellington, every girl, dream boat guy, I guess. That's my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's my that's ideal I boyfriend. With. Maybe that's why I'm like <laughs> too oh, familiar. Oh, okay. I already, yeah. I live in like Halloween town. He's like the mayor of Halloween. It's all Halloween masks all around my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why. <laughs> That's it awesome. is. I'll post some things, but he'll be mad. But yeah, yeah, I live with someone who makes Halloween art and dark art. So maybe that's why I'm like, whatever. Yeah, maybe. That's every day for me. Yeah, yeah. This is every day. <laughs> I'm all right with it. That makes sense. I, I can yeah. see that. Oh, let me ask you. Did Bart like this series? I figured he might like this one. A little bit, but <laughs> he was a little. He couldn't hang with me. He came in at the wrong time. Sometimes I feel like he needs to start at the beginning with stuff, and I'm not. Yeah. Giving him that chance, and then he's like, Ugh, "What is this?" I'm like, it's so good. Like you have to get a chance. <laughs> the translation's kind of different from the subs too, and I kind of like that they did that because in Japanese and in the actual subs, you know how the boss always called her calendar because yes. the days are going to be numbered. So good. <laughs> he called her short timer, oh. which makes a little bit more sense than calendar. I like calendar. Calendar is funny. I thought that was very clever. He's like, you, because your days are numbered. I was like, oh my God, that's the best line ever. Yeah. Um, also with Bart, he's weird about the animation. So to him, that was like too simple or something. So I love simple animation. Me too. When it becomes a little bit too much, I'm like, okay, my eyes are getting dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too busy. His eyes can handle stuff like that, not me. I want it simple. Yeah. Plus, every to me, it's like the combination of all of it works. Like the humor and the storyline and the character development. So I don't need the right. animation exactly. to always be so insane. And plus... We're partially blind. <laughs> yeah, I know. You should see our glasses. You're less blind than me, but... Barely. Barely, yeah. <laughs> I can't be in bright places anymore, so... <laughs> That's a Good whole thing nother. winter's coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have exactly. to move to, like, Iceland or wherever. Where right. it stays dark for, like, most of the year. Right. So we yeah. like simple animation, nothing too busy, and a good storyline. Anyway, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. 
It's a place I like to call The Bleed. Hey, podcast fans, I'm Jeff Davis. Through the safety of your earbuds, Bluetooth speaker, or car stereo, join me as I venture out on the wine road. Aiden offers up practical and helpful tips to help you live a more joyful life. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed on a whim on a lonely Wednesday. Welcome to Swirl, the wine show for people who know nothing about wine. And I know nothing about wine, but I love it. And I feel like wine's for everybody. I also feel like wine is also intimidating. Storygram Network. All right, and we are back, and we're going to talk about PJ Harvey's To Bring You My Love. And it was recorded in... September to October of 1994, and it was released um, February 27th of 1995. It was mixed and produced by my favorite producer right now, Flood, and it was also co-produced by John Parrish and PJ Harvey. The way she actually wrote this, she took a small break because she released two other albums prior, and she recorded a lot of this stuff on a four track and when she took her break she bought a new house in england and just kind of zoned out and did it for about a year or so and came back and hired flood i love flood he, he oh god his production so good what anyway, else does he produce that you're obsessed with nine inch nails downward spiral and the cool thing about it is her and john Parrish did most of the instruments to this and she did mostly guitars and vocals, and John Parrish did the other parts of the guitars and drums. And she got some other musicians in there too, here and there, it seems like. She's from England? She was born and raised in England. Okay. In the UK. Her real name is Polly Jean Harvey. And the way our radar got triggered by PJ Harvey is Santos shared mm-hmm. a video of Bjork. And her singing a Rolling Stones cover at the British Music Awards. And it was so interesting that I was like, well, have you ever listened to any PJ Harvey? And Elaine said, no. I never would have thought of listening to PJ Harvey ever. And I'm kind of glad I did because I really do like her stuff now. (laughs) I'm really surprised how much I like it. I like how there is sometimes overly distorted guitars just on one side of the speaker versus the other. And sometimes they'll be whispering on other side of the speakers. And it's definitely a flood production. That's what I love about it. It sounds like it came out of the nineties. It sounds kind of dirty and gritty. I'll admit some of the songs on there do sound kind of kitschy nineties, but it's actually really good. This was her like big breakout album too. It was loved and has some of her really popular song, or one of them, one of her popular songs. Mm-hmm. And when I remember when I was a kid, way back when, I would see her play live or I saw the video of her and she had such big hair that her head looked bigger <laughs> than her little body. I'm going to tell the story. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> and I always felt so 
bad for her. I was like, she needs to eat a pork chop or a cheeseburger. And Santos told me, well, maybe she's just small. And you're right. She's just a small Is lady. She, yeah, she's just a small she's lady. Just a t- she does look painfully thin at points, though, in yeah, the 90s. Yeah. But she looks like she's a little Some people can't gain out. weight very well, so it's sad because they're really skinny. She's 51, hasn't had any kids, so she's still pretty small and petite. But when she was younger, she looked really unhealthy. Yeah. That was the yeah, only thing definitely I... definitely had that look. Um, yeah, emaciated, kind of like, let me take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, are you okay? Do you need to sit down? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she has such a big voice for that. Oh, like, she kind of has, like, a deep voice and a, a range that doesn't necessarily fit her. <laughs> yeah. So. so I listened to this. About three, four times. The first listen mm-hmm. is always the toughest because I was expecting something way different. And then all of a sudden it's this. Like, okay, well, you know what? I accept it for what it is. And Mooster Catalog is really good. I'll have to look through it. This one, I think I had too high of hopes for. So I felt oh. a little bit like, oh, it's okay. So many of the songs reminded me of other bands or musicians that's which isn't bad it is kind of cool i just have to say i like 12 rounds better (laughs) like i was like oh (laughs) it makes me want to just listen to 12 rounds and that's what i want because there's something more authentic to that singer's voice than to pj harvey's i don't think her voice is bad i just didn't feel like i knew who she was in this album because i felt like each song was so different from the last one and i'm like are you trying on stuff or playing around or who are you? So that's right. where I kind of like lost. I'll agree with you on that. It is kind of strange how she always is kind of going through all these different types of styles, it seems like. And some of it does sound like it's all over the place, but that's what I really like about it, actually. <laughs> but I think over the week, I just like went through a bunch of her live stuff and Stuff with her with Nick Cave, and we'll talk about Nick Cave in a little bit. And yeah, I want to hear some of those duets again because I think I like. They did one song together. Yeah, because she sounds like to me, she's like female Nick Cave in some ways, being she all does. gaunt and pale, and like having kind of like a deeper voice, and even like that her really big song, that Big Fish, Little Fish, that to me sounds like Red right hand from Nick Cave, like even how the instrumentation is. And I was like, oh, they're very similar in there. They might have in hung their out during that time. or creativity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That would make sense. <laughs> you never know. I mean, they're both, well, one's from England, but Nick Cave lived in England for a while. So, okay. So they did the song Henry Lee together. What? Oh, okay, yes. So we'll, we'll just get into this right now. They dated for <laughs> maybe a year or two. And they uh-huh. used to play together, actually. And if you see the video, Henry Lee, she's wearing the same suit as Nick Cave is. And she looks like pretty much a female Nick Cave. They're like twins. Yeah. And you could tell he's head over heels over her. <laughs> like, probably a little bit unhealthy. And But he's older than her, right? Yeah, he's probably a bit older. So he was probably reliving his youth and so enamored with her because of her talent. So following the breakup, he wrote three songs, uh, Into My Arms, Western Country Girl, and Black Hair. And those are about her. Oh, now I have to listen to those. I know Into My Arms, but I don't know the other two. 
it's on the album The Boatman's Club. Oh, okay. And, and that's a really good album. Mm-hmm. But the song Henry Lee is so funny watching him play it live because he'll play two songs together, Stagger Lee, and then she'll come up and play Henry Lee. Mm-hmm. And Blixa was still in the band during this time. And it's just so funny to see Blixa screaming during Stagger Lee and then just doing his Blixa thing. Everybody has to watch Blixa play <laughs> guitar. It's it's a little weird. Because I heard stories that when they went on tour, he wouldn't ever bring his guitar. He would just borrow the backup band's guitars. And then he would borrow someone's amp from God knows where. (laughs) What if you couldn't find something? That's annoying. Or I guess like there's an opening band or something. He would just borrow it or something. (laughs) I bet the label just was like, we'll just plant these on tour with Well, that's the thing. The, (laughs) The poor band was just like, Oh no. <laughs> so it, he would make some weird sounds with that guitar. Not, it did not sound normal. If yeah. people don't know, he's also in this experimental industrial band. I don't want to say the name right now because I feel like I'd be bastardizing it. But where they take the term industrial music literally and they bang on pipes and springs and all this other crazy. They weren't allowed in California for like almost 15 years or something like that. Really? Yeah, because they destroyed a stage. They brought out a bunch of jackhammers and saws and everything. Oh. Yeah. So he has this guy (laughs) as his guitarist. So imagine what kind of sounds he's making. And then all of a sudden it's like his duet with... Yes. PJ Harvey. With PJ Harvey. <laughs> this is the next song. Sorry. <laughs> Going back. Yeah. All some blixes in the background and stuff. But it's just so funny. That's cute. Also, check out the Boatman's Call. They hear Nick Cave's heart just being broken. <laughs> is the duet on that too or no? Like, no. It's the album before. It's on a different album. Oh, okay. Because that's kind of like, is that the album with other like murder ballads and things with like... I think that one's just called Does Murder he Ballads, ha- is, right? Is that that one? Yeah. Because that's like he has like he has multiple duets with different singers. Yes, so I didn't definitely. know if that was on. That song might have been on there. Yeah. Well, I like her creative collaborations with people because I definitely liked that Bjork and her duet because oh, it was, was like amazing. two of the strangest voices combined. It was and so simple. It was gorgeous. So that was I really liked that and I liked her duet with Nick Cave and I don't dislike this album I just it didn't feel cohesive to me in some way and it and I liked that it sounded 90s I love that time period now it makes sense what you said who the producer is why I like that sound so I'm like okay that makes sense but it definitely just made me go like well not a mean way but I'd rather listen to like I said 12 rounds or I'd rather listen to Rasputina or I'd rather listen to I don't know like it's not my favorite album but i think i'd probably pull certain songs off and put it in a mix or something you know what how many times did you listen to it i never got through it all the way through so i listened to the first part and then i skipped through the first part to listen to the second part so i tried like three or four times i just put it on in the background while i was like playing video games or driving around yeah it was great (laughs) but it's definitely not something you should just sit there and go i'm gonna listen to this and Yeah, it's more like just have a round. You know what it was? I felt like the beginnings of most of the songs feel too long. Oh, yeah, they are. They're very long. Get on with it. And then by the time you wait for the like kind of like 
the climax and the change. Yeah, the breakdown or something. It's not like that great. Like it's not worth it. And so it's actually all the songs feel too long to me. And I don't think, and I don't think they are probably too long. It's just, I don't know if my attention span. So you're (laughs) right. I was too hyper-focused listening to them. So it got me like impatient. Well, you know, it's it's only 10 songs and it's 42 minutes. Felt long. (laughs) (laughs) It felt really long. And that's when I, then I replayed. 12 Rounds Dog, one of my favorite songs ever. And it's slow as well and quiet. And then there's like this loud part. But it's like worth the wait. Like you love her voice through it. Like you just love that person. So anyways, that's, I just get (laughs) it. I'm 12 Rounds. But uh, so I just was thinking, it's like, oh, that's what was missing. Because her voice, PJ Harvey's voice changes kind of and is distorted in different ones. And each song has very different sound. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Which is interesting. (laughs) So, but it... But it didn't, like I said, I probably need to listen to it like a couple more times. I definitely would not, not listen to it again. It'll you know, be in the my thing is, is, my biggest recommendation for someone who wants to get into PJ Harvey, I think that you should probably just go on YouTube or whatever and just watch different live songs by her and it might trigger something and then dive into her discography. Yeah, definitely look into her because I, I want to post some of this. Yeah, I want to play Can't Get No Satisfaction. Yeah. Because that's what got us started in this. So I think PJ Harvey should have a band with more singers in it or something so, to give her because she I has don't know. such a cool. Some of her other albums are pretty good too. Are they all yeah. listen to it? Because I just think there's like a dynamic that she has like one half of, and then she needs like that other balanced out. Maybe that's what I also needs. think. If you watch some of her live stuff, she has a lot of showmanship. 
too. I, yeah, that's what I really liked watching her in just that. And she was yeah. just standing there. It's like, and wow. it was just cool. It's just her and guitar like and Bjork with a keyboard. And that's all they're doing. It's just amazing. Yeah. I'll look up some live videos. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating to watch her play live. Let's see here. My favorite song, I think, is Meet Zamatsta. And it gets crazier. I'm not going <laughs> to play too much of it. It's just even that opening, the guitar is on the hard right, the drums are on the left, and then her voice is in the center. And then this other weird distorted guitar comes around, and it just hangs out on the left side, and it sounds like it's just broken. And I love it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the t- song Techlo? Because there's all these weird... What's the weird sounds at the end? It's like chimes, bells, or something. Let me let me hear it. Techlo. It's at the end is when they do that. This one I think has kind of a long intro and stuff. Okay, we'll go at the end. It sounds like glass. Yeah. I love that. That was like, I really liked that part of the song. Take low your day. Will send me to my grave. Let me ride. Let me ride. I'll admit, like, the guitar line there, that reminds me of, like, Shelter from the Rolling Stones. Here's the other thing. I don't think I gave her a chance when I was younger, too, because she was a part of that whole entire Lilith fair, and I'm from a very, very small town where I didn't see the injustices of female performers and stuff like that, so I didn't understand the whole entire idea of Lilith fair. I get it now. but But then it was was like you're like what is this what's going on all this yeah like this why is this all being fronted by women who cares let's all be happy you know just being dumb and naive i totally get Mm -hmm. it now but (laughs) (laughs) i get it now (laughs) but that was like probably one of the things that was kind of keeping me away from it is because it was just like that's a good point though of how things get 
distorted kind of like, or may turn you off because it's like, oh, this is like women music or something like, I won't probably like it. Like it makes it very separated. So it can also do that. It can have like a, an effect. I mean, in one ways it's good because it's creating like a community for women and, you know, that sort of thing and, and celebrating women artists. But then at the same time, it can turn some people off because they think, oh, I don't belong or, or. Right. Right. I don't know. There's something to it. That's like makes you not attracted to it. So yeah, I get that. Yeah, but I mean, I get why they now need we'd be like, like that. what? That'd be rad. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Everybody will go. But back yeah. then, it, they were sending this message across, and it seemed almost angry in a way. And I was like, oh, definitely. Well, maybe this is only in the for 90s, women. Yes. Okay, sure. Go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> Even though your band is backed by men, cool. <laughs> you know, that was my argument. Now I feel like maybe we're at a point of like making things more level and equal and inclusive. So it doesn't have to be like we have to have a separate tour yeah, or something yeah. to but get. But it, it was is needed. hard. So. It was. Well, I feel so bad because in the 90s, it was like you could hear a lot of women's voices on radio and then it kind of tanked and went just to kind of pop, but not like. Right. Like, it, it didn't go exactly the way that we all expected it. Clear channel. Do your research, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't like Courtney Love much, but she was definitely one of the really strong female voices back then. Mm -hmm. She would have sobered up a little bit earlier and kept her head level. She might have been better, more positive for that scene. There's more variety on what I feel like, yeah, like between Courtney Love and even Tori Amos was on like more radio at that point and... Tracy Bonham and Garbage, women-led bands. Yes. There's a lot. We'll have to do like a Lilith Fair. Yeah, we will. Definitely. I agree. (laughs) Um, Definitely. Let me just relive the 90s again. Yes. (laughs) A Lilith Fair month. (laughs) Right. I remember I was saying this girl that was heavily into Tori Amos. I know more facts about Tori Amos. Than I should know just That's because funny. she would talk about her nonstop and she went to Lilith Fair. And, <laughs> and now like, I'm seeing the connection. Well, you know, this was like, even no before thanks. this was even before I dated <laughs> oh, her. Okay. I was like, oh, Lilith Fair, great. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Right on. You go for it. <laughs> but the Tori Amos thing, I was like, oh boy, once you're a Tor- uh, Amos fan, you're very stuck in it. They're like in love. Oh, yeah. I had friends who are like, how come you don't like Tori Amos? You have to like her. It's like, oh my goodness. Wow. Maybe we'll have to do a Tori Amos album. <sighs> I don't know her stuff that well. So. Yeah. I could probably I don't know. dig through a couple, but. We'll think about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll think about it. Well, I'm glad we looked at this album. Glad we gave PJ some of our time. I think it was worth it just to check out. I'm going to definitely listen to different things by her. Yes. I think you should check it out. Santos, uh, probably. Definitely. Uh, yeah, okay. Check it out, too. I say check her out. She's a cool artist. I'm excited to read up on the gossip of her and Nick Cave, though. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's not it's really cool when- much gossip. Oh, I bet you there is. I bet you. I bet there's I some more. I bet you. If you go to see the live PJ Harvey, Nick Cave thing, there's going to be someone talking shit about PJ yes. on there. Some exactly. hater. 
<laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. And you are very right. I know we already said it, but I, she is definitely the female Nick Cave. Even now, to me, I think she is. I think if you are in the Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not listening to her music, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she fits into that genre. Oh, yeah. Dark in the vocals department and what they're singing about. But sometimes the music sounds a little light, but it kind of carries the story over. Check it out. So anyway, you could find me on all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. And I try to stream once a week, but sometimes I don't have the energy. Santa. Because <laughs> he's editing so much stuff. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. It's just All right. See you next week. Bye.